0: Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Saturday, May 30th. I am joined by my good buddy Santino Cocon and we're uh, we're getting close, Santino. We're starting to wrap up NFL. We're talking some Buffalo Bills today, keeping it in the division. I heard you guys yesterday crushing the, crushing the Dolphins podcast. That's not your favorite team, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about it. Nah, I'm just joking. Santino taking a jab at him. Uh, I call like all of his favorite players on his favorite teams, his favorite teams. But he's truly a Dolphins fan, so we knew he was going to go out there and absolutely crush that podcast. But uh, this is going to be a fun team to talk about. I mean, uh, a team that was pretty much in the in the in the what's it the background, not the foreground, foregrounds up front in the background of the division for probably the past ten years or so. Um, With every team outside the Patriots, I guess we could say that, but uh, really stepped up last season, had some promising DFS pieces, some promising fantasy pieces, a lot of offseason moves, Uh, traded their first round pick, but, you know, acquired one of those offseason moves. So but still had a ton of draft picks to use. So it's going to be a very interesting team. Excited to break it down. But how's your weekend, man? We got like 80 degree weather out here
1: in Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how my weekend is. It's Saturday morning, afternoon. It's just starting, <laughs> but yeah, it's 80 degrees right now. It's going to be really nice. Uh, the weather's picking up. The, this summer looks like it's going to be a really hot one. I don't know if that's a really a good thing or not, but I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, I had a, I was supposed to go to the Bahamas and like Turks and Caicos on a cruise in July. That's obviously not happening. So, uh, it's going to be you know short trips to the beaches like. I think Newport, things like that, I'll probably try to convince uh, this you and your beautiful missus if they'd like to come with us, uh, you know, a little double date action. Uh, I'm but good. We'll
1: see. Hanging I know, out I'm with you out. in a location like that for a while, I'm okay.
0: <laughs> it's, you know, you just saved me the trouble of having to go through <laughs> three days of misery. Uh, that was more or less, you know, my girlfriend asked if I can ask you because, you know, she wants your girlfriend to come kind of thing, but... I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But we're going to go right into this, brother. We, we, we got a lot to get to. Um, I know you got a busy afternoon, even though you just said you're not doing anything. Uh, but <laughs> we're, we're going to break it right down. Buffalo Bills, I'll just start rounding off their regular season stats from 2019 as far as offensive and defensively, where they ranked, where they fell. Uh, and then I'll pass it over to Santino to talk about some of their offseason moves. But as far as a team total, 10 and 6, good record. Uh, offensively points they scored 314 ranked 23rd yards 5283 total yards ranked 24th on um, uh, passing offense 513 attempts ranked 24th in pass attempts yards 3229 that ranked 26th touchdowns 21 for ranked 24 interceptions 12 ranked 15th middle of the pack on the ground uh, attempts 465 attempts on the ground that ranked sixth in the NFL yards. 2,054, that ranked eighth. Touchdowns, 13 on the ground, that ranked 18th. Yards per attempt, 4.4, that ranked 14th. And now for defensively, they allowed 259 total points. That ranked second in the NFL, one of the league's top defenses. 4,772 yards allowed for third. So they were good yards, touchdowns, regardless. Great overall defense. We talk about in the air, 5,500, or 5,553 Passing attempts against their offense, ranked 16th, 3,123 yards allowed in the air. That's fourth. 15 passing touchdowns allowed against them, second best in the NFL. And their defense as a whole uh, accumulated 14 interceptions for ranked eighth. Um, pretty good pretty good secondary as well. Um, on the ground, as far as their defense, 388 attempts against them. That ranks seventh. So teams still try to run against them pretty often. Uh, 1,649 yards on the ground, ranked 10th. Uh, 12 rushing touchdowns allowed that ranked ninth and then yards per attempt they ranked 18th with 4.3 yards per attempt so uh santino pretty much overall great defense uh through and through you're going to get to some of these additions where i i can't imagine it's actually getting a lot worse uh from from the sounds of their additions but why don't you talk about some of the pieces that they added
1: yeah so in first there two years ago uh when McDermott took over this team. They had a top 10 defense. He, the first year he had in the league, underrated top 10 defense going into last year. You weren't really talking about them, and people weren't giving Tre'Davious White the credit that he deserved. They still aren't. The guy's one of the top cornerbacks in the league. Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out in their their passing and rushing stats, they were tied for last in. In uh, big plays for 20 plays over 20 yards in passing, they were tied for last. They only gave up 34 plays that were over 20 yards in the past game. And they only gave up 12 plays that were over 20 yards in the rush game, which was the bottom six of the league as well. Um, but in terms of the additions on defense, they they lost one they well they the subtractions first they lost one of their their best players in Lorenzo Alexander probably their best linebacker um, but they did add AJ Klein to replace him uh, he's he's going to sh- jump right into that uh, starting linebacker spot they also added two defensive ends Mario Addison and Quentin Jefferson uh they're one of those is going to start probably Addison but that's that's a good tandem right there to interchange they also added Vernon Butler who's going to also interchange in the in the the interior defensive line right there. Um, they added a few other or linebackers, uh, Byron Cox, Jr. or well, Tyler, I can't say his last name, but they added him at linebacker, uh, Byron Cox at DN. They added a lot of pieces. Uh, Mike Bell at linebacker. These are all depth pieces, but, uh, a big ad that I saw was Josh Norman at cornerback. I know he had a down year last year, maybe the last year and a half. He was hurt. He is familiar with Sean McDermott. He had his best seasons when he was with John McDermott in Carolina. Uh, He's not going to be the number one cornerback on this team because you have a, an elite Tradavius white on the other side so this guy's going to be getting your second best receiver all game and he showed that he could be a top five top 10 cornerback in this league and that's that's where I am excited to see a secondary that was already among the best secondaries in the league just got another guy who could potentially just make this team unpassable against.
0: And we were, you know, I was joking with you a little bit before we got on air. As soon as I started breaking down a lot of these pieces, uh, you know, who who arrived and just looking at this defense overall, uh, I thought it was gonna be pretty simple for me to break down because a lot of these players I I'm a Carolina fan, you know that, and a lot of these players were playing under McDermott at one point for Carolina. We talked you talked about Addison. Um he's probably gonna be the guy that starts and you know, just talking about some of the things he did while he was playing uh, you know, under McDermott over there in Carolina, I think he had like like 40 sacks when he was there over four seasons with him. So uh, he's very familiar with them. He's a veteran. It's a 33 year old veteran that, you know, helps boost this defense. Uh, Norman, great addition, you know, maybe not the one time shutdown best corner in the league, like he was known for. Uh, but when you're talking about a guy that's going to be going against your number two, a lot of people say he doesn't, he can't uh, move around often, uh, but going against your number two corner, that's a number two receiver. is an excellent guy to have a lot of great additions. Klein, not gonna be what they lost, but still they went in the draft and they got another guy that they can use as well, just in case they need him. So we'll have to we'll have to yeah. see exactly. Um, I'm I'm expecting it to be another top tier defense. I mean, it, when you're talking about the one, two, three, four, five defenses ranked, they can finish anywhere in there, and you wouldn't be shocked. So do they finish as like the number two or ranked three, two or third ranked defense again? Maybe, maybe not, but they're still gonna be, in my opinion, a top five defense in the league.
1: Yeah, and I missed – I forgot they got EJ Gaines as well. Uh, not a bad cornerback to have as your third, fourth fourth option at corner. Uh, we didn't t- I didn't touch into their offensive subtractions and additions. The big offensive loss that they had was Frank Gore. Uh, and from a fantasy perspective, thank you, Frank Gore, for finally <laughs> leaving this team because when we get to the running back situation, um, it might be clear-cut number 1A and uh, 2B. But they did add – a couple people on the offensive line, Evan Bohm and Daryl Williams, I think they're going to provide some depth. Uh, they're bringing back the same starting five that they had last year, so I don't know if any of them will crack it, but they have the opportunity. They brought on Taiwan Jones as a fourth running back. Uh, you don't really have to worry about him. But the big, big add on this team was they traded away a lot for him, and they traded away a lot to get him. Stephon Diggs. Finally gives this team a number one wide receiver option that they haven't had since Sammy Watkins. I kid because Sammy Watkins is always hurt and really wasn't a number one. They haven't had a number one option in a while. And uh, John Brown was very good in that role last year. But this gives them a legitimate number one option. Um, Exciting.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about Sammy Watkins, uh, he's actually making some headlines recently as well just for pretty much saying some crazy things. So I think the definition on him and this is I can't wait for you to call it corny. The screw. He's got a few loose screws. Um, I think he's calling himself an alien. And then he's I think he's got several screws in his foot that part of the reason he wasn't able to stay healthy in Buffalo was one year. The screw came loose in his foot and he had to get surgery and get it tightened. So uh, that was my corny joke. You're not paying attention. i didn't even get a a chuckle. But that's I expect Santino doesn't give me any credit on my jokes, whether they're good or bad. Uh, But no, I'm really excited about the offense. You hit the nail on the head. They're going to have a true number one receiver. John Brown did excellent there, but he's not a guy that should be getting that many targets. Realistically, he's got one job and should be go deep. Uh, And he did fairly well for drawing double coverage a lot of the times. And Cole Beasley stepping up uh, for them being he was a solid addition for him last season. And then just seeing how he can produce in the slot. Um, They got a complete offense. It looks like now Frank Gore being out. We love that. I mean, it's just this guy's never going to not be playing football. But wherever he is, he's going to absorb some carries, and um, it was really cutting into Singletary's production uh, when we, you know, we we they passed the reins technically over to him, but he's still there. He's not. He wasn't going anywhere. So uh, that helps. But we're going to start just running right through, uh, right into Josh Allen, man, right into the their future, their franchise guy, the guy that they love. They talk about him. They hype him up a lot. The guy that's going to be throwing the deep ball to Diggs. Um, so let's jump right into it, brother. So I'll, I'll, I'll hit on some of his stats from last season. You'll give me some of your expectations for him coming up into this season. So 461 passing attempts, completed 271 of those for a 58.8 completion percentage. But he had a 62.6 expected completion percentage. So, um, you know, a few points higher, which is good. 3,089 yards, 20 total touchdowns, nine interceptions. 6.7 yards per attempt and a QBR of 85.3 on the ground, 109 rushing attempts, 510 yards, nine rushing touchdowns, 4.7. So a dual threat quarterback, getting it done for him multiple ways. And becoming when anytime we see nine rushing touchdowns, that's a guy that we're looking for in DFS and fantasy, a guy that we can stack around uh, a guy that is a commodity for us. So what's your uh,
1: expectations for him heading into this season? Yeah. Well, first, before I get into it, I got to ask, are you like, are you swimming in the background or something? It sounds What's, like something's going crazy back there. I was
0: hearing some echo <laughs> yeah. on your end. I thought it was that. No, I unplugged my play, headphones,
1: but... my mic. It, it's, it's coming from your end. I don't know what it was, but it's, it sounded like a fan or, or, or you're still doing it? swimming. I uh, you kind of killed it right when I said it, but yeah, it's better now. I'm glad. Uh, hopefully hopefully the viewers were going crazy in that background like i was trying to figure out what it was for a minute you said i wasn't paying attention i was trying to figure what that was um but yeah josh allen i like josh allen maybe not as a nfl quarterback per se but uh as a fantasy quarterback damn uh he has everything i want he he, you mentioned it he Two years in the league, he's he's or uh, his first year in the league, he he missed a f- quite a few games, but he ran for 300 or 631 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, last year, he played pretty much every game. He got the concussion against New England that first game, missed a half. He ran for 510 yards and nine touchdowns, uh, 42 and 41 first downs both those years. That's just his rushing statistics. Uh, if you're getting that as a quarterback who's gonna who also threw for over 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. That is a top ten quarterback, and I say top ten, and that was putting it lightly. Last year, he finished as the number six quarterback in fantasy because of that rushing ability. Um, when you when you get a quarterback who is mobile like that, who is not afraid to run, uh, sometimes he gets jittery in the pocket. Uh, like I said, I don't. It's harder for an NFL team to want that, but for DFS, if you're running for me as a quarterback and you're scoring, getting two extra points for scoring rushing touchdowns, and getting more points for right. rushing yards. It's huge difference, huge difference. Uh, one thing on Josh Allen, accuracy remains the issue for him, only 58.8% completion, and that was a drastic improvement from his rookie year, a drastic improvement from about 50% sure. his rookie year, so... Uh, I like. I'm glad that it improved, but he still got to take another leap for him to be trusted. Uh, and he took less shots last year. They they kind of catered the offense to him to take less deep shots because he was just he's still very inaccurate with them. And he but he made better reads and he took less of those risks. But he does have a cannon of an arm. So if that accuracy ever does come, ooh, watch out because uh, there were a lot of times that he could have hit wide open people um, f- for touchdowns last year, but he missed them because. The accuracy is not there yet, but um, if if there's some improvement there, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. I'll, I'm just gonna jump in real quick on
0: that right there because I actually have some numbers uh, surrounding his, his surrounding his deep ball attempts, and he does have one of the biggest arms. I mean, there's no question in that. He's basically Uncle Rico. He could throw that thing over a mountain. <laughs> but um, out of all the quarterbacks, with you know, with the you know qualified, I think it was a certain amount of attempts. Uh, passes over 20 yards, his completion percentage over 20 yards, 24.1%. Dreadful. One of the league's worst, right in the bottom. uh, Passing rating over that, and passes over 20 yards, 64.4. Not good. Uh, We're going to talk about his normal rating on the year. For all passes, 85.3. And I know you said they cut back on some of the deep throws. Yeah, they probably cut back a little bit, but he still attempted the sixth most amount of, Passes over 20 yards in the league. Yeah. So he's still he's struggling, and you, you hit the nail on the head. The highest rate of uncatch uh, uncatchable and inaccurate passes over 20 yards as well. So he is struggling. That's his thing. And I think the best thing that we could say about it is that he did while he did cut back, he started his. While his accuracy is questionable, his decision making when it comes to making these deep throws are questionable. He knows he has the arm and he knows he can get yeah. it there. And it's one of those things that we've seen Brett Favre get into trouble with over the years. It's just he led he led the NFL in all time interceptions because he was willing to take those chances. And that could be very good. But in a young quarterback's career, that can be something that is painful. And especially when you're talking about a team that ha- it's a win now team. I mean, their defense is ready. It's just now they got the offensive weapons.
1: Everything needs to click for them. And that's what they're really hoping for. But a guy with this arm, you, you I, would want, I want him to take those deep shots yeah. when he sees them fit. You don't want a timid quarterback who's not going to stretch the field because, they, one, they can't, and, two, they just aren't physically ready to do it or mentally ready to stretch the field. I like that he takes those chances, uh, but the accuracy is is going to make him either be a top-five quarterback in fantasy or top 20. Uh, I want to go back down top 20, but— because of this legs. Last year he had eight games over 20 points on Fanduel or DraftKings and seven games over Fanduel on uh, 20 points on Fan or Fanduel. So he does have a pretty good ceiling for a guy that's going to be very cheap. He's not going to be ever priced among the top 10 quarterbacks, uh, but he finished in, as six last year. But yeah, mm-hmm. he ne- he definitely needs to get better throwing the deep ball. And he has two people who are going to be really good at the deep ball: John Brown he had last year, Stefan Diggs is another speed demon uh if he starts connecting on more of those deep throws he's going to light it up this year but again that's that's a big if because this guy's way off on his on his accuracy yeah i don't think that we can
0: expect him to necessarily be any worse i mean the positive uh there's reports already coming out that stefan digs is in florida with him working out so i mean they're they're trying to get as as many reps as they could so there's you know some positive uh the one deep threat he had last season you know, was John Brown. And while John Brown's a very serviceable, deep threat, he shouldn't be a number one receiver in most places. And anytime he's drawn double coverage, his life's not gonna be any easier. So now uh, having somebody that's capable on the other side of that's on the, uh, on the offense might be able to help him uh, having two deep threats, like you said. So there's a lot of things that are kind of, you know, lean us leaning us in the direction to think that he's going to get better when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, and having those legs as a safety blanket surely doesn't help yeah. her. I mean, that's, bottom line there's there's not many guys that can run for nine touchdowns
1: in the season right you remember Um, uh tyler thigpen back in the Chiefs days when he took it over guy's terrible at football but i mean he had the legs and he had he had touchdowns from those legs you can be bad but in fantasy if you can score with your legs as a quarterback uh that that's just another element of separating yourself from good quarterbacks but average in fantasy I think uh, I think we've seen Thiggy win
0: a couple people uh, fancy championships in <laughs> yep. our in our hometown league. I think he I think he, I, it could have been me one of the years, and I think he won our buddy Allen one one year too. Probably. I yeah. think I think I think Thiggy's taken down some championships. All right. Well, <laughs> um, you know that's uh, I think that's you know enough to say about Josh Allen. We do like him a lot. We're pretty high on him. It's, we both seem that way. Uh, but we also see a, a direct avenue where the train can fall off the tracks. So uh, I'm not saying proceed with caution. He's going to lose his job, but you know, the guy's inaccurate. Uh, they have a win now team. I think that they're gonna give this guy every opportunity. They love him. And I think he's gonna succeed. Bottom line, I mean he's he's got the skill set, he's getting better every single year. So let's just hope he can put it together. So we'll keep going. Um, we could talk about the backup quarterback, Matt Barkley. Don't really care about him. We're gonna skip right over him. Uh, not really useful information if he's the backup for long, if even they drafted Jake Fromm. Um, I've said my sentiments on From many of times. Santino has a different take on him, not really a fan of him, understandable. Um, you know, when numbers don't really pop off the page when we talk about him, but he's uh, he's in my opinion, he's a very he's a very polished decision maker. He doesn't he's very accurate when it comes to making the right throws. He's not a guy that takes a lot he's almost the complete opposite of a Josh Allen. Um he doesn't like to take the deep throw shot. He he can't really throw it that deep. Uh, but he does make the smart passes. He will make them smart underneath throws. He makes those nice 18-yard out, those 15-yard out throws, back shoulder ones. He makes those very accurately. So uh, I'll read over his stats real quick. 63.3 completion percentage over three years at Georgia, 8,236 8, yards, 78 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, a 156.2 QB rating. Um, and when I talked about his decision-making and how, uh, how effective he is with it, I mean, over his... 43 games at georgia he only has 18 interceptions nine fumbles over those 43 games but more impressively for me is that he only took 51 sacks as well so the guy knows how to get rid of it and when to get rid of it so uh i think those are the main things that kind of drew me to him when i you know when i like is he's just a rock solid i don't think he's ever going to be that guy in conversation to be a top five quarterback or a top 10 quarterback in the league but he's never going to be the guy that's going to hurt you uh he's going to make those right decisions and when you talk about teams that are just in a win-now mode, he's a guy that if if something were to happen to Allen, we're talking about a guy that runs a lot, uh, uses his legs. He suffered that concussion last season, so if something were to happen for him uh, or happen to him, he's a guy that probably could step in and keep this offense somewhat in shape, is what I'm saying. So uh, I don't know if there's anything else you really want to say about him. Um,
1: but I mean, nothing. Nothing. I don't other really want to target defense. him and. In DFS, but yeah. uh, this would be a perfect team for him to play on if he, if he had to. He's not going to be needed to win. He's just going to be needed to manage the game with a top-tier defense, a good rushing attack, uh, very good weapons at, at, on the outside. Uh, so this would be a perfect the perfect scenario if he had to play for him to succeed in because of all the uh, talent around him and then what he would be asked to do. Yeah.
0: And I, they like them uh, bottom line. They didn't want to take him. They didn't, they had him as a second round grade. They weren't looking for a quarterback. That was the last thing. But once it got to the fifth round and they knew they had a second round grade on this guy, they said, sure, why not? Uh, and it just worked out well for him, I guess. So we'll see. I mean, outside of injury, probably not going to sniff the field, but uh, we'll have to see. So we'll keep going right into the running back star of the show. Other than Josh Allen, I guess they have a lot of stars. So I can't even say that Devin Singletary, Uh, Now it looks like the, uh, you know, the prototypical number one job is his and his for the taking with Frank Gore out of the picture. Um, Played 12 games last season. We know he suffered that injury early on. Didn't come back until I believe like it was week seven or nine, Santino. I think seven, if I'm not mistaken. But he did start eight games, Uh, 151 rushing attempts for 775 yards. That's 5.1 yards per attempt. Great yards per attempt two touchdowns on the ground, 41 targets in the air for 29 receptions, had 194 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Uh, But the most impressive stat I find when I'm looking at him is that he only had 151 attempts, Santino, and he broke 20 tackles. You know, we've been on plenty of shows with each other already, breaking down teams. We talked about guys like Chris Carson, uh, you know, who did it, you know, 24 or 27, I think it was broken tackles and 270 like or 40 carries, whatever. This guy's doing it a hundred less carries and he's right up there. So the elusiveness is there. It's no secret. He's not a big guy. He's only five, seven, uh, but this guy can shake him plain and simple. When he gets into the open field, he's dangerous. He's a dual threat. Um, the one thing I have worries about with him is I don't think he's going to get those goal line carries. When we just talk about, you know, we talked about Josh Allen, most of those rushes were designed rushes for him uh, in the red zone. They drafted another guy who was a pretty big bruiser type back that may be getting involved in those goal line situations, the red zone. Um, and he really only had three carries inside the 10 yard line last season. So uh, two of those came inside the five um, and he you know wasn't incredibly successful either. So I don't know what's your take on him? Are you excited about him? Are you tempering your expectations slightly? Are you ready to just, you know, pay the premium if there is a premium for him uh early in dfs
1: um so there won't be a premium for this guy and that's tells me bye 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 this guy they, they they call them devin motor singletary in college because he has a motor that doesn't quit uh, from the first nap of the game to the last nap of the game this guy's going 100 miles an hour he's only like as you mentioned he's only five seven, two hundred and three 203 pounds but uh he, he breaks, he's uh, like a physical guy. He makes the first guy miss. Uh, if you've if you watched him in college or last year, his patience and vision is incredible. And he, his cutback ability and his elusiveness and the, the way he balances his runs uh, from his, his bottom and his top, he, the way he does that is, is just fantastic. Um, he's not the speediest guy. He had a 4 40 in his combine. But his acceleration from a stop to a go point when he's making those cuts is one of the better in the league. And that's what you want as a running back. Uh, despite a small size, I know you mentioned he might not be the red zone guy, which could possibly happen because he is smaller and they did bring in Zach Moss who we'll get to, but this guy is an, is awesome in the red zone in college. Um, he, he's, he was one of the rear people that had over a thousand yards as a true freshman. Um, but his junior and sophomore year, his last two years in the league, he had 54 rushing touchdowns, 54 in two years. That's insane. Um, but he and he and as you mentioned he broke 20 tackles on only 151 rushes last year, just for his for the size that he is he is a physical guy and he would thrive in the red zone if given the opportunity. Um, if you just extrapolate his his or his game or stats last year to 16 games that's almost 1300 scrimmage yards, six touchdowns, uh, 40 receptions. This guy is going to be. Ve- I don't know if he'll be under the radar, but definitely from a price standpoint, he's not going to be priced among the elite, and he has all the traits to be an elite running back in year so two. So I take it you're very high on him? Very well. high on think. him, yes.
0: So uh, And I, I, I see why, and I'm not going to defer away from that. When I, when I talk about the red zone, <laughs> um, I'm worried that he might not get it. I think off the rip, they're going to at least give him the opportunity. And it's his opportunity to lose at this point. You touched on it. If, if he's going to be as good as he is in college or was in college in the red zone, um, there's no reason why he should lose that red zone job. Now, they brought in Moss and he has, you know, built the body built yep. for it. And uh, but he's also a rookie. And we're talking about uh, a training camp that's really not happening right now with all the obstacles that are surrounding it. So it's not like he's a guy that's probably going to come in and master the playbook uh, and master the red zone packages. So um, we might gradually see that role come come to favor for him, maybe like by week six, eight, ten, wherever. Maybe it doesn't if Singletary just crushes it, but I think it's his job to lose as far as the red zone. All the other every down work is his. Um, again, when I talked about just skipping over Barkley, we could probably do the same thing with TJ Yeldon, because Singletary's the better third down back as well, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. all Yeldon's good for at this point. So um, Small guy, but I thought it was also interesting that he almost had as many yards after contact as he did before contact. 413 yards before contact, 362 after. So even though he's small, he's not easy to get down. He's not easy to tackle. We talked about the broken tackles. Um, I'm excited about him too. I'm not expecting him to be a like top five uh, salary guy on like FanDuel or DraftKings when you know right off the rip. He could eventually work his way in there if everything goes right for him. I'd probably I don't think he's also going to be like a hidden gem either. I think a lot of people are expecting him to be a primary target, but he's a guy that he's probably going to be underpriced for the first week or two. And then if he performs well in those games, we're going to see the hype train pick up uh, because it's all the makings. And I think, you know, targeting guys like this where it's a surefire thing at this point. It's just is he going to perform the the carries are his. He's going to be underpriced. Great week one target Uh, again. We'll skip over
1: Yeldon. I don't, I don't, I do you really want to talk about him. I don't really see the need nope. to. No. Zach Moss is, uh, yeah, he, that's, we're not skipping. He's 5'9, 223. Uh, he had a slow combine run, but and a slow pro day run, but it, it was reported that he was working with a, an injured hammy, so maybe that 4'6'5 uh, wasn't truly his speed. Uh, but this guy is a big physical runner. Um, he's going to be a nice complement to Singletary, kind of in the Frank Gore mold. I think he does take a lot of the short yardage and uh, breather carries away from Devin Singletary. He could be possibly the goal back if Singletary falters. But I think Singletary, as you mentioned, will get the first crack at it because uh, I think they want to give him that three-down roll. Uh, but this guy is another guy who's, who's hard to bring down, runs through contact. And uh, as the game wears on, he's not a guy you want to continue to tackle because he is a big physical guy. In college last year, he had 235 carries, over 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, um, 28 receptions, 360 yards, two touchdowns. It's over six yards per carry. Uh, Another guy, he's he's going to be a nice compliment, but I don't know if they're going to make it a full-out committee, and I don't think it would be wise if they did that.
0: I don't think it's going to be a full-out committee either, especially knowing that they didn't want to make a full-out committee. They, they wanted to go away from the committee with Gore, and that we're talking about a, a veteran of a veteran as you can get. I mean, it doesn't. and now we're talking about a rookie coming to his place. So I think they maybe a year down the road or 10, six games in, they might eventually want to make this guy the goal line back, but I don't think they're going to throw him to the wolves. Uh, you touched on it. You know, he did, from everything I'm reading and what was reported, he did tweak his hamstring uh, during, I think it was like a vertical jump drill. Uh, and that, and he, and he kept going, and that's like, you know, we want to talk about toughness, but that pretty much hurt his, his stock. Um, later on, I think it was a couple, couple weeks later, he sent in a video of him doing some drills uh, during like the COVID nineteen quarantine, and he reportedly ran a four 4-5, five, so four five two, so almost a low four five. So that, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to take that four six five forty time with a grain of salt. Um, but it, you touched on it earlier when you were talking about Singletary. 40 time. Yes. It's probably one of the things that most drastically affects a guy's draft stock. Does it mean everything? Absolutely not. Because how often do you see a running back actually get into open field where you're, it's a foot race. Most of the times you're worried about, like you said, the hit placement, center of gravity and burst acceleration, hitting that edge. And then accelerating once you get around the corner is the most important thing a running back could do. Um, or once he finds that hole rather than just open speed open field speed. Um, Great, but it's more important to a wide receiver, if anything, compared to a running back. So I'm not really worried. I think this guy could eventually eat into a couple touches, like you said, breather roll and possibly goal line. But until we see it, I'm uh, not someone that we're really looking for in daily fantasy. Uh, good handcuff, though, if you talk about season <laughs> long. Yeah. Yeldon stinks. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll just pounce uh, right over to the uh, receivers, man. Top of uh, top of the line. Stephon diggs man. man. Uh, great addition for him. Traded a lot of pieces for him, so they're going to have to use him. And we know why he left. And that's the most important thing I look at when I talk about, like, a guy going to somewhere new. He forced his way out because he wasn't getting the targets. He wasn't getting the uh, amount of love that he felt he deserved. And when you see a team that's saying, hey, we're going to trade all this for you, and but that was your problem over there, you got to imagine that they're going to pepper this dude. So that's kind of my anticipation. Uh, going over his stats, uh, 94 targets last year over there in Minnesota for 1,130 yards. That was a career high for him. Uh, another career high, yards per reception, 17.9, which was 4.9 greater than he ever had in his career. So that drastically improved. A lot of that could be said with uh, with uh, his boy going down over there. Name slipping me. Help me out here, Santino. Thielen? Yes, Adam Thielen going down with the injury. So that could have been more designed deep routes for him where we'd see that kind of get passed back and forth between Thielen and him. He had a 67% catch uh, percentage, six touchdowns. 302 yards after the catch, 828 yards before the catch. I say that because that just seemed a little bit surprising to me. I know he's a deep threat, but he was a little bit, uh, a little bit lackluster as far as yak last season. So uh, what are your expectations for Diggs, man? I mean, I'm expecting some pretty big numbers from him. Um, I know that there's some other guys and people might be like, Oh, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, they basically peppered Cole Beasley and John Brown because they had to, in my opinion, there was no one else really to pepper, but they have their pepper. I'm thinking that they're, they're breaking out. They're breaking out the pepper on them. So, uh, <laughs> what's your expectations on him though? What are you expecting for him for DFS?
1: Yeah, so I think Diggs is the alpha and the omega in this wide receiver right. tight end group. Uh, the funny thing is, yeah, he wasn't happy with Cousins. He he made that very clear in, in interviews, press conferences. He was not happy with Cousins, and he was not happy with this role. I don't know if he's going to be happy with Josh Allen. Uh, be careful what you wish for sometimes because it's not always greener on the other side. Uh, Allen is not afraid of taking the risks that Cousins sometimes is, um, and he will chuck it deep with the best of them. But again, as we touched on, that accuracy is, is not there. It's just not there. So um, we'll see if that translates to more displeasure with Diggs. But you don't trade a first, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. You don't trade all these picks. And then another fourth next year, you don't trade all these picks to not pepper this guy. Um, So he should be getting that. But last year, he had 94 targets. 2018, he had 149. I could see why he's kind of mad. 102 catches in 2018. Dropped to 63 yards. He had 1,000 a, a yards less, uh, three less touchdowns. Uh, but the the volume just wasn't there for him. And even with Thielen not playing all of that this time, the volume wasn't there. Maybe it was Dalvin Cook being healthy for once uh, that attributed it to a more rushing attack. Uh, but we'll see. Buffalo definitely needed a number one, as I mentioned earlier. They haven't had one in a while. This gives them a legit number one option and someone to lean on. I think 120 targets should be his floor. Um, if if John Brown got 115 targets last year in 15 games, I can't see Stefan Diggs not topping that um, as the focal point of the pass game. He is a burner, and if Josh Allen can help can just improve slightly, this guy's going to have some big plays in his in store for him.
0: Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm very high on him. I mean, I have this guy pretty much pegged for at least 1,200 yards. I, I I see him smashing right through. He just broke his career high. I would fully expect him to do that again. Um, I do not expect the 17.9 yards per reception again, um, just because we just talked about <clears throat> he did not do a lot in the yak category last season. And we can also talk about uh, Josh Allen's deep ball a little bit more. He's going to have to work for some of his yards. I think the receptions and targets are absolutely going to be there for him. You talked about it. If John Brown's getting 115. Why can't he get 20, 120? Um, I'm right on board with that. I would, I would even think more than 120 because we're going to talk about Cole Beasley getting 106 targets. I would <laughs> not expect that to happen again. Yeah. So there's a lot of targets that are gonna be going to go around. Those guys were getting the volume. I, I could see John Brown being more of like an 80 target, 90 target kind of guy. Cole Beasley, same thing, maybe 70, 80, 90. And then you're looking at Diggs possibly even getting to 130 or 140 target. He's going to be the true number one. They paid for him for it. So – a big year in store for Diggs. We both agree. I expect him to be uh, slightly underpriced compared to where his actual value is on DFS early on. Um, he could be viable in both uh, DK and uh, and Fanduel. I think he's in you know equal value in PPR leagues. He's going to be get peppered. We talked about it. So yeah. not shying away from him on either site. Probably going to be one of my favorite receivers to target early on. So. <laughs> then we'll just keep going man john brown we talked about it, 115 targets 72 receptions just over a thousand yards 1060 eight or six touchdowns i'm sorry 62.6 percent catch break um yards after the catch again weird 210 for john brown after the catch 850 before the catch so I think that's just more attributed to safeties, keeping an eye on him. They know his game and they also know he's the number one receiver. So a lot of it had to do uh, a little bit of different work than he was used to when he was over there in Arizona. So uh, why don't you talk about a little bit of uh, John Brown action? And we're, if we're expecting a lot from Diggs, could we expect a, another
1: follow-up, let's say, 1,000-yard season from him? 1,000 uh, yards might be tough in, with the way that this team wants to play with the defense and ball control. Uh, but I can see maybe 900 again. He will take a back seat this season, to Stefan Diggs. There's no question about it. Uh, he, he, But he does have chemistry with Josh Allen, and he, last year was his best career season, uh, the most targets he's had, the most receptions, most yards, uh, one under his career high in touchdowns. But this guy is a legit burner. He is going to burn people, and uh, that's what he does best. You mentioned the yards. Before the catch, that's because he was burning a lot of safeties and making a lot of big plays. Um, He can beat defenses over the top, and he won't be on the top corner this year. He did all this against, as the number one option, clearly on a bad pass offense. Um, I like him to be a little bit better, more efficient-wise, because of, uh, and more consistent, or maybe not more consistent, but I think he's going to be more efficient because he's not going to go against top competition. But he's going to get what Stefan Diggs leaves for him, and I think that's going to be a a good amount of yards, um, like 900 or so. But getting over 1,000 again as the number two option now, I don't know if I can see that.
0: Yeah, I I think for every reason that we just talked about that we love Stefan Diggs uh, as an everyday, like we can go to him early on, is every reason why I'm going to love John Brown as like a low-owned GPP one-off type play. Um, just because we know he is that burner, and you know digs, he's going to be drawing that number one corner in double coverage now. Uh, John Brown's going to have a few big games this season. We're going to want to do our best to try to pinpoint those. And I think week in and week out, as we start to evaluate and break things down, we'll have a better idea what what games those will be. Uh, but there's definitely like a few five for one forty and like two touchdown uh, games in store for him this season. He's going to have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is he going to get over a thousand yards? No. There's going to be a couple of weeks in there where he has three for thirty five. Uh, you know those games are going to be in there as well, but he's gonna—he's a breakaway speed type guy, and he's that equals big games. We've seen that yeah. time and time again. So um, I'm definitely going to have my my eyes set on him um, year long. We, we'd love to splash in a little year long. I love him year long, um, but in DFS you're going to really want to try to pinpoint the big games and avoid the little ones. And uh, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but we take that week in and week out.
1: The, the 115 Gold, targets though, I, I nah, can't see. it's It's not going to pass 100. Uh, no. I, I think he's going to lose at least 20, 25, maybe 30 targets. Um, and that, that's a big chunk of his production. But as I said, I think he's going to be more efficient with those targets. And he's a lot of those targets, if Josh Allen can hit them, uh, he's going to be beating defenses over the top with single coverage. Yeah. So uh, I do like his production, but I it's more GPP-based.
0: Just throw it right <laughs> up, right off the snap. Just throw it <laughs> as high and as far as you could and just hope that the, yeah. the safety shine towards digs and Brown could beat his man. Uh, it will work a few times. Uh, Cole Beasley, 106 targets though, uh, 67 receptions, 778 yards, six touchdowns, 11.6 yards per reception, and a catch percentage of 63.2%. We could pretty much say the same thing we said about John Brown. Uh, he's going to have the slot job. That's his. I don't think that's going anywhere barring injury. Uh, but uh, 106 targets, that's going to go down. Probably same thing. I would even if not even more. I would say we're probably looking at more like 70. Um, maybe 75, 80 at most, um, 67 receptions, obviously with the targets going down, that should go down. The yards will go down. I don't see him getting close to 800 yards again. I think, you know, right around that 600 mark is probably where he's going to fall in the six touchdowns. I don't know. That might not go down. He could probably, he might still be able to be a little touchdown machine if he could do that again. Uh, I'm, I'm not really doubting that. I think that's still a possibility, maybe conservative size, we say four or five, but nonetheless, he's not going to be anything better than a GPP one-off type play. Or if you're just trying to get an unusual game stack where you're trying to get a couple touchdowns out of him and a big game out of John Brown or Stephon Diggs as a number two receiver, something like that. But very, very low-owned type option play, and you really would only want to do that in you know large field GPPs, is my opinion. So um, anything else you wanted to say about Beasley? Or
1: yeah, Like 106 targets, that was a career high um uh, 11.6 yards per catch career high six touchdowns career high i think last year is the best season you're ever going to get from him uh he did come on in the second half of the season as he started to get more acclimated as josh allen got a little bit better but he will be the slot guy um and he is a prototypical slot guy he's not afraid to go over the middle and and get hit it's kind of a little bit different than the guys on the outside so he does have a role on this team but um there's how many mouths are going are to be fed on this offense? It's not going to be a pass-led offense, and uh, Diggs is going to eat first. Brown's going to eat second. Devin is going to have his hand in the cookie jar. Uh, there's not too much love for Beasley to go around, but I don't think, as you mentioned, if you needed a play, if you wanted to play a, a low-owned uh, GPP stack on the Bills, I wouldn't mind getting, getting some exposure to him, but it's not going to be regularly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's enough to be said. It's not worth losing your money over Cole Beasley. <laughs> uh, we'll keep going to the tight end position. Dawson Knox. So I love this guy's name. I'm not gonna knock him for it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know we have, we have a friend in our league named Dawes, so it's a, it reminds me of him as well. So it, it's it's he's good though, man. I like this kid. He's talented. He kind of made a little bit of a splash. Obviously, he wasn't too too involved last season. Start, slowly started to see him get a little bit more involved. Uh, 50 targets, 28 receptions, only 388 yards, two touchdowns, not the greatest catch percentage, 56%, but, um, he's a, he's a promising young dude. I, I'm not too familiar as far as how he is as a blocker. Maybe you could shed some light on that. Cause I mean, that's probably the most important thing when you're talking about a uh, tight end. Yes, you can be the most athletic guy, but if you can't block, then you're pretty much, uh, you know, everybody's gonna know what you're doing on the field. You know, it's a design yeah. pass play if you can't block. So do you know anything about his blocking capabilities?
1: Uh, he was not that bad last year. But the the thing, I, he's not someone I'm going to target in DFS, really, because of the Diggs addition. Uh, last year, he kind of stole Tyler Croft's thunder. People were thinking Tyler Croft, uh, now he finally got a starting job. He got hurt early in the year. He's coming back this year. He'll be healthy. Uh, but he Knox took the job and ran with it when Croft was out. And then when Croft came back, he kept going. He had a few big games. Um, he has the trust of Josh Allen. But with Diggs on board, uh, another reason, he's kind of like Cole Beasley. He's not going to leapfrog Cole Beasley in the totem pole, and Cole Beasley's third at best, so there's not much to go around for Dawson Knox and and Tyler Croft. Um, There's just not that many mouths to feed in this offensive passing game.
0: Yeah, no, I was kind of feeling the same sentiments. Uh, Man, you'd have to have some sort of crystal ball if you could peg the game where he's going to get one of his, like, two or three touchdowns he gets on the air, and more than 60 yards if you have that crystal yeah. ball loan it to me once in a while i don't need it every night just when dawson Knox is going to have a big game i uh, i think he's talented and everything but again just not enough opportunity for him uh, all right man we'll just keep it moving then so we'll talk a little bit we have to break down a, a little bit of the draft we talked about the defense a whole lot so we're not going to probably spend too much time over there as a whole uh we talked about a lot of those additions and you know the guys that they really already have so I'll just ask you. I mean, is there anything else you really wanted to touch
1: on as far as their defense, or you want to just jump into uh, to their draft? Well, their their first pick in the second round, uh, AJ Espinoza. He had an underwhelming uh, pro day in combine. He was he was ranked as like the third best DN in in the draft. He went all the way to pick 54, I believe, in the, late in the second round. Uh, another guy who's going to mix in that defensive end role with Addison and Jefferson and. Uh, they have Hughes it, it, this team, it's just going to be, he's not, he's not going to start right away. um, But this team has so many options that they can mix in, in that front line where that's kind of where their biggest, if they had a struggle and weakness on defense, it was that front line and they just addressed it greatly this year. Uh, So that's, that's the only other ad on the defensive side that I wanted to talk about. And I guess we can hit right into the draft on that.
0: Yeah, well, you pretty much just started it off.
1: Uh, you, you tackled both at the same time, so that's your
0: dual threat podcast host. Dual threat so, right there. <laughs> you know, you play, you're a third down uh, third down podcast host. You <laughs> handle all three downs, so I like that. Right into it, you touched on AJ Espinoza. I can't even say. Is it Espineso, Espinoza?
1: Espinosa Ep, I know, and
0: I, I'm saying it as though he's probably like Spanish of some sort. Espinosa. that's like a Spanish last name. <laughs> Uh, Hispanic last name, and he's probably not. I really don't know the guy. Uh, so we'll just keep it going. Zach Boss, we already touched a ton on him. Big Bruiser type back. We're expecting him to, you know, slowly get integrated into the offense. Um, not going to probably play third down over Singletary or Yeldon, as bad as Yeldon is as a football player. But he does have an opportunity to eventually uh, creep in there and handle some of the goal line work. But, um, you know, I was actually, as for as much as I was talking about, you know, how he can easily steal the goal line job from Singletary and everything. I forgot to even mention some of my stats about Josh Allen and how effective he was in the red zone, because he had 11 carries uh, inside the 10 yard line last season for, and that's where he got on um, the 11 of those carries, eight touchdowns. So um, a lot of those were designed runs. He, he might just be their goal line back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking you know, it's Singletary's job, but it might be his job for the running backs, but this still might be Josh Allen's game when it comes into the red zone, because He had 33% of the red zone carries uh, inside the 10 last season. Singletary accounted for 9% of those. So, I mean, he had ample opportunity before. And we're also talking about a plethora of of other running backs there. Frank Gore getting some of those carries. And then a lot of the plays they also passed for uh, in the red zone in the 10-yard line. So, he might be the main tool. He's probably going to be. And I I know we're talking about Josh Allen again a little bit off uh, off of Moss. But... I think that I, the more I think about it, that Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, quarterback receiver stack, just those two guys, it sounds like one of my favorite things to look forward to going into the season. Um, just if he can rush for one touchdown, throw for two and one or two of those go to Diggs for 120 or 40 yards, you can start counting your cash if you can. And you're not even spending a pretty penny on those guys either. Um keep it going I'm right into the yeah. right to the draft some more since i'm just getting yeah. off base and i can just talk about how sexy josh allen and Diggs are going to be together this yeah. season so uh, gabriel yeah. davis wide receiver round four 128 overall out of
1: ucf tell me about him santino i mean we're really not going to have to worry about him in his passing offense uh pretty much the rest of this draft we're not going to really worry about gabriel davis isaiah hodgins they could be something, but they're just going to be depth options right now. Uh, you have Diggs, Brown. That's your locked-in one-two. Beasley is going to play in the slot, and Beasley is not even going to get fed too much. We don't believe uh, the fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver aren't. There's really no fantasy value looking yeah. at there. Maybe some injuries, but if injuries did happen, there are two guys, a couple guys that we didn't mention. Robert Foster had a couple big games in 2018 when he was given the opportunity. He's another burner. He, he's probably the fa- he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL uh, outside Tyreek Hill. Uh, and then he's Isaiah, a free
0: agent after this season too, and they they elected to bring him back. Yeah. So
1: generally, you bring him back so for a reason. If some if Diggs or Brown or somebody gets hurt, maybe he still has that job. Isaiah McKenzie is another guy. He's a big play guy. He can play both wide receiver and running back. Um, so these. Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Hodgins, they're all going to be mixed in. I think they still have Duke Williams, who had a, a big game winner last year. Uh, so I'm not really looking into anybody else on offense, to be honest with you. But uh, you touched on Jake Fromm, who was their fifth round pick. Uh, Tyler Bass, they brought in that kicker. I don't even know if he's going to make the team. They still have Steven Hoshka there. Um, and, and Dane Jackson, I'm, I'm, at I'm stopping
0: you right now. I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed in you, Sam. I've known you for a while. I, yeah. I've known you my entire <laughs> life, and that's the only time I've actually heard you say his name like with normal pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. So I think you owe every all of our listeners and everybody watching a, a, a good old-fashioned Hauschka yeah. from San They still
1: have take it to the Hauschka.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's even a Houshka. Uh, but, yeah. um, you know, we love saying his name, and that's probably our favorite thing to do in our fantasy leagues. Is We, we latch on to some of these guys that we know are going to be in the league with a really creative last name and just run with it. Uh, and Housker's going to be around for a while. I don't yeah. see him going anywhere. So that's it, man. Yeah, you pretty much touched on the draft. Um, I'm not going to go into any further. I, uh, you know, these guys aren't going to be really effective. No one that they took is really going to get a major playing time this season.
1: Except for uh, Stefan Diggs because their draft was pretty much for Stefan Diggs. That's very true, my friend. That's very true. So uh, before we take off,
0: guys, we will just do as we always do and ask you guys to take a quick minute, subscribe on YouTube, Uh, You know, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. You'll get the notification every time we do release another show. As we said, we are rounding out uh, the NFL. Now we're going to jump back into some uh, NBA and man, we got sports on the horizon. It seems like, you know, the MLB, not the greatest news, but you know why we get some bad MLB news. We get some good NBA news. So, uh, you know, it looks like that whole, uh, whether it's 16 or 20 teams are going to be invited. It looks like we're hopefully knock on wood gonna have some basketball soon and that's i'm i'm breath of fresh air santino i'm excited um uh, you can also find our uh, our podcast itunes stitcher spotify all over the place really would appreciate a five star uh review thumbs up means a lot to us guys and you know if you uh if you want to hear some different stories some different thoughts some different aspects angles whatever it may be give us a constructive criticism review we read them we read them we come to heart we try to mold these podcasts and shows around you guys so that you guys are entertained and will enjoy them uh last thing I know I'm going on, Santino. You know I could talk forever, but give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Santino at Santino Cacone, S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Uh, and we will... Bitter and banter back with you guys. If you want to just tell us that we are wrong on a take, uh, we'll, we'll probably go to war a little bit on Twitter. <laughs> not, not too aggressively, but we'll, we'll banter back. And if you just have any regular questions, shoot them at us. We'll be happy to answer them whenever we see them. Anything else, man, before we take off? I mean, we did this pretty good, pretty effectively, about 51 minutes. Uh, that's about 51 minutes under where we would normally go because we're about normally two
1: hours when we get together because right. we could talk. But uh, anything else before we take off? Um yeah, this is the first time that the Patriots, in a while, the Patriots might not be, well, they shouldn't be probably, the favorites to win this division, and it's falling onto the Buffalo Bills. The last time you've ever heard the Buffalo Bills um, being the favorites of the division was probably well before the 2000s when Jim Kelly was still around. That is some exciting news as a Dolphin fan and as a uh-huh. fan of this division, as long as it's not the Patriots. Um for the next for this year until until Tua comes in, into his own, we're happy about it.
0: Tua's gonna have some tough defenses to throw against. Uh, Patriots twice, and then now this Bills defense twice. That's gonna be a little bit of. No, he won't.
1: Difficult. He won't face them both twice because they faced the the Patriots week one and Bills week two. And I don't think he's starting that early. I don't think he's gonna start the season as the starter. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, eventually, so maybe just once. Eventually
0: to be <laughs> Both these defenses aren't going anywhere. They're gonna be elite yeah. defenses, I'm sure, for some time to come. Unless my suspicion is true about the Patriots conspiring for Trevor Lawrence. Tinfoil Foil hat. Well, you'll but,
1: be on you'll be on tomorrow with Andrew to talk to the Patriots. Can't yeah. wait to hear that crap. <laughs> <A little precursor. laughs> that's a
0: t- it's a tin foil hat. i was precursing, uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see exactly what we're talking about tomorrow. But that's exactly it. I'll be on again tomorrow, so please guys tune in. You'll catch me and Andrew. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Love hopping on with him. Great guy. He's a gentleman, unlike Santino over here. So uh, catch us again tomorrow, though. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, go support the Mamba on Three Foundation. We are avid, avid, avid lovers of the foundation everything that had to do with kobe so we appreciate that guys and take care we'll catch you later